Hey friend, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm so glad you're here with us today. And today I am actually bringing on a special guest. And this guest happens to be my husband because we're gonna be talking about marriage. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me, because I know you will come out stronger. Uh, January 28th, we celebrated our 15 years of marriage, which I don't think I'm that old. (laughs) Maybe we got married really, really young, like 10. But um, anyway, so 15 years seems kind of like a milestone. And I thought it'd be fun to have a conversation about some of the things that we've learned in 15 years of marriage. So what's going to happen today is we're going to share, we each have three things we wanna share about what we've learned in 15 years. We didn't talk to each other before. This is very candid, very raw. And um, so I may not like the three things he has, I don't know, but (laughs) they might be funny, they might be serious, I'm not sure. So we'll kinda see how it all plays out. Uh, I'm gonna have him introduce himself. We might talk a little bit about uh, where, where we met or whatever. I don't know what we'll talk about. And then we'll kind of get into what we've learned and we'll go back and forth. And I'm going to make him start so I get the final word. <laughs> she always gets the final word. Mm-hmm. Women should. Anyway, so do you want to share a little bit about yourself if you want to tell anyone sure. anything? Well, I am her husband, but my name is Josh, in case you didn't already say that. Didn't. Um, and I am... Cutting this part out. <laughs> so he's never been on a podcast before. He's actually my editor, and he edits podcasts and YouTube videos, but he's not usually on the flip side, so this is he's a little nervous today. Yeah, and now you made me not be able to cut it out. Very strategic of you. <laughs> so, um, yes, but Gabe and I met in high school, and so we I wouldn't say that we were high school sweethearts, because we weren't, nope. but um, we met in high school and we were friends. And we just stayed friends through our college years. And we have some funny stories about like how we met or how we started dating and all that stuff that we might go into. But um, we'll just say for time's sake that I wore her down and somehow convinced her to uh, date me and eventually marry me. And yes, so now we're 15 years in and uh, that's what we're going to share about. And what do you like to do? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm big into rock climbing. That is my recreation of choice, and so uh, I love that. I feel like it's a lifelong sport, and it keeps me healthy, and um, we moved to Colorado for many reasons, but you know, to be near the mountains and uh, for our love of the outdoors is something that I'm obviously pretty excited about our um, location now, so. Yeah, and he used to pretend to like snowboarding. <laughs> we, we made him learn snowboarding because that's what I was into. And then rock climbing is fun. I like rock climbing. Apparently, I'm a natural. However, as soon as I get up to the top, 
I cry because I don't want to come down because <laughs> I'm scared of heights. So I'm working on that fear. But we do it as a family. It's really fun. And yeah, I'm pretty sure I went snowboarding only to woo you. And then I don't think I've been snowboarding since. You haven't. I, don't, I haven't. I have a snowboard. haven't used it. <laughs> anyway. All right. I got what I wanted. Enough said. <laughs> so we officially met in high school, but we were both a part of a student ministry called Student Venture. And we used to take retreats out to Colorado. So this is why we fell in love with the mountains. We both fell in love with it, not together, like separate. And uh, so we went up to the YMCA in the Rockies every year for a student conference for a week. And in college, we started helping. So we both were helping in college. And that's kind of how we became friends and the whole thing started. But honestly, I didn't really like him like that, like at all. Ever. I don't know when he started. He probably started liking me like almost right away. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> he was not to like. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so he actually, I think it was my, my freshman year of college, the summer of my freshman year, he asked me to date him. And I flat out told him, no, I don't like him like that. Um, which probably is mean, but honest, I guess, because God hadn't worked on me yet on that. And I kind of had my eye on someone else back in college. And the timing would have been terrible anyway. Yeah, I was in Texas, he was in Minnesota, long distance, yeah, no. I, and... didn't, I didn't think that one through, but it's a fun story now. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think that one through. That's okay, you made me reject you. <laughs> but apparently he was persistent, and uh, the middle of my junior year, no, middle, yeah, middle of my junior year, we were at a conference helping in Minnesota, and God pretty much told me I was going to marry him. And at that point, I still didn't like him. And I was like, no, no way. And that was kind of an interesting part. But essentially... We spent like every day of your Christmas yeah, break we were together hanging out. hanging out as friends before I even asked you to date me. I think I kind of started to get a feeling that maybe it was mutual when she invited me to play cards with her parents and her family friend on New Year's Eve. Yeah, we just needed extra people to play. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I kind of primed the pump on that one when I asked you to be a date to my friend's wedding. I was a groomsman in my roommate's in college wedding, and she was still in Texas, so in order to get her to agree, I told her I'd buy her a plane ticket back to Minnesota. So, <laughs> And I still didn't like him like that. He was just my friend, so I was like, oh no, that's going to start something, or he's going to think something. But I kind of wanted a plane ticket home, so I thought, well, I'll come home and we'll have fun, I guess. And at that point I had no thoughts about it. And then it was kind of a whirlwind. We started dating after that wedding and we dated for exactly a year. We got engaged like five months later and then got married exactly a year later. Yeah. It makes it easy to remember our anniversary because it's the same day I asked her to date me. So, and it's on the 28th, which my birthday is on the 28th. And that helps me remember because I'm not the numbers person. He's the one that's going to remember every little single number and I don't. <laughs> so, but anyway, enough about that. So just a little bit about us. Not that it really matters that much, but kind of a fun story maybe. Um, so we knew each other probably about seven or eight years before we started dating and got married. But, and honestly, along the way, there were probably a lot of red flags, um, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of people who probably said we wouldn't make it. And, um, Sometimes I wonder how he's made it so long with me because I'm not really easy to live with, but we've made it. <laughs> Likewise. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. We'll maybe talk about some of that. <laughs> we have our own tendencies, but I think we're going to get into this. So I'm going to let uh, Josh share his first thing that, and if they're not really in any order, and who knows, maybe we have the same things written down, but he's going to share his first thing that he's learned. All right. So the first thing that I want to share that I feel like is one of the major things I've learned in 15 years being married is that when you're married to somebody and you really get to know them, out of all the people in the entire world, you know each other's buttons to push. And when I say that, I don't just mean like the negative buttons, like how to irritate the person and how to set them off. Um, you know, the good ones too, like how to make them feel appreciated and all that stuff. So I feel like that's one of the major things is that we know each other's buttons and to use those buttons responsibly because we're not always the best at not poking at their I hot buttons. Poke. Tell the truth. <laughs> but poke. <laughs> so I would say like the negative tendency on knowing each other's buttons is that you purposely kind of try to irritate them, try to rile them up and things like that. And on the flip side of that is you can also use it for the positive to, you know, push the button of appreciation, push the button of speaking their love language, things like that. And so, you know, use the positive, not the negative is what I would say in something that we learned. And tell the truth though. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes, especially, so I almost say I like to self-sabotage sometimes, which is probably a book that I could write at some point, but uh, almost the whole, well, don't tell me all these things and whatever, like you kind of push away. And so I do like to push his buttons a lot, like the bad way. And it's probably just my tendency of like shutting people out or not getting too close. And that's just me being honest because that's just something that I've had to work through for a very long time. I think I've gotten better, but I do know how to poke. Yeah, and I do too. I try not to. And part of it is just realizing when you're doing it and admitting to yourself, because you're probably not going to admit it to the other person, but admitting to yourself like, yeah, I did probably aggravate that situation and, you know, take responsibility and just change. So Well, or probably like the times I poke is when I'm annoyed. So if he's not doing something the way I want him to or whatever, then I just start pushing buttons to rile him up a little bit more. And then I get mad at him for riling up. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I'm just saying. And when we do that in marriage, it's really hard to get along. And then it's like, okay, now we have to come back together, say we're sorry, uh, be okay. You know, just kind of start at square one again or start fresh and be willing to do that. Because I think a lot of times in marriage when we poke too much, that's when people say it's just not worth it. It's not worth trying to fight through that. Yeah, you have to make it really short if you do realize it because if it's an ongoing thing, a person's mind is going to say, do I really want to deal with this for the rest of my life? I mean, we had a situation with our kids in a situation that was not emotionally healthy for our kids. Um, and so we had to ask the question, do they want to deal with that for the, the rest of their career? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough decisions. But when it comes to marriage, you work as hard as you can to keep it working, right? And so... Yeah, you've, we've committed to this is for life, so we're not going to... Even if we push each other's buttons, we'll just walk out and have our own time for a while. Okay. You've never had to sleep in the doghouse, so we don't have a doghouse. I don't think I would. 
Anyway, I think <laughs> in order to irritate you, maybe I'd push your button by just sleeping in the bed anyways and then sleeping <laughs> on the couch. I like my space. Anyway, okay, enough about that one. Sure, uh, it's or mine. What's that your first yours. one you want to share? Yep, so my first one essentially is when we put Christ first, our marriage is better. And that's probably my number one because in all things, that's what matters most. And really the marriage reflects Christ. And so if either of us are not putting him first or not engaged in our quiet time or what you can tell, like um, the days I've missed my quiet times or just focused on him first are the days I'm going to push his buttons or going to do those things. And, uh, you know, when we started dating, it was kind of funny. I, it's not in my phone anymore, I don't think, but we used to write letters. Okay, so we dated long distance. The whole year it was long distance because I was in Texas finishing up school. But we used to sign our things number two or we'd say, dear number two or whatever. But essentially because we wanted to make sure that we remembered who our number one was, which is Christ. Yeah, and so that's actually one of mine that we'll get to. But, um, well, we might we as well. We can talk about it now. So see, like I said, some of them might line up. But. Yeah, so this was gonna. This was my number one. I was kind of going three, two, one. That's the analytical. <laughs> and I was going one, two, three, because to me it's the most important comes first. <laughs> <laughs> Saving the best for last. So we're different, but the same. So so that was my number, my number one anyways, but I was going the other order. And I was going to say this exact same thing is that, um, and here's the, here's the background on that. A great mentor of mine named Brian had recommended a video series by a preacher named Louis Giglio. And if we can find it, I think I, I think I'll be able to find it. We'll put a link to a playlist in the show notes here. But, um, in that he talks about the pressure that you put on another person that they are the one. And, and it's, it puts a lot of pressure on the other person if they have to be the one. And so the premise of this talk is that that other person isn't the one. We're going to make God, we're going to make our relationship with Jesus number one in our life. It takes the pressure off of that other person and they can be number two in our life. So that's okay. Um, and so, yeah, we are our number two. She's listed as number two with a heart in my phone and has He's been. the romantic one and the sappy one. I am not. <laughs> But yeah, so she's my number two, and that that leaves it so that she's not responsible for making me happy. She's not responsible for um, a lot of things because it's my relationship with God that has to come first. I need to find my, my happiness, my fulfillment, and my growth there first, and that frees her up to just be her. And likewise, her the same to me. Yeah, because if we wanted... If we depended on each other for everything, we'd quickly realize neither of us are perfect. Well, I would probably say I'm perfect and he's not. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no one's perfect, right? So, but if we put them on this huge pedestal, like up to where Christ would be, then they are going to fail all the time and our expectations aren't going to be met. And then we will not feel fulfilled. We won't feel joy and we won't feel happiness. But that doesn't come from the other person. It comes from God meeting our needs. And and then the other person is just that that mate. It's like the teammate and the person that you're doing life with that you can know that you're imperfectly together, together, right? And um and so that's that is number one for me is Christ comes first. And even with kids, uh it, I would say it goes Christ and then marriage and then kids, which we get that out of whack a lot of the time. 
but um, we do try to come back to that to realize when the kids are gone, <laughs> what's going to be left. And in order to keep the marriage strong, we have to work on our marriage before the kids. <laughs> I think a lot of society puts the kids before the marriage. I think that's just like what society is telling people to do these days. Like, and I don't know if it's just more on the the side of the mom, the wife, but I feel like it, it comes that way. Like they're going to put the kids above their husband is the messaging of society. I feel like, and Gabe's right. When the kids are grown and they move out, that's why there's so much divorce after the kids are in college or beyond. In my opinion, is because they hadn't been working on their relationship with each other. They don't even really recognize that person anymore when the house is empty. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's super important that uh, you keep those priorities and uh, and then you have something to look forward to. So Yeah, so the biggest one, Christ first. Um, all right, what's your number two? Well, I number just, two. I got to go. I got to go with my one. Oh, now it's back to you again. <laughs> what? So we're not going to talk about that anymore? That was your number one? That was so, my number, number one. one. Both of our number ones, just in different orders. Um, so then I guess my number two was that it's not about me, even though I want it to be. <laughs> because I think selfishly, we just, we're, we're all innately selfish. So we're thinking about ourselves first and what we want and what we need. And I tend to do that a lot, but I have learned in 15 years of marriage that really it isn't about me. It never has been. It never will be. And I don't Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I think it's human nature that we are selfish and we have to fight that. Whether it's in a marriage relationship or a friendship or parenting, like we have to fight that it's not about me. Um, now, I still think that at times we need to be filled up. We, we don't need to be self-centered, but we need to um, work on ourselves. We need to grow ourselves. Um, but, you know, if you don't get your way, not you specifically, but, you know, if a person doesn't get their way, it's not the end of the world. Um, and to be honest, certain people are geared towards, um, certain people are geared towards giving to other people, they get filled up when they give to other people. So I think that that's something too, like there's a lot of fulfillment that can be found in serving others, especially in the marriage. So, you know, there's a lot of happy marriages that happen because I'm not focused on my needs, I'm focusing on her needs and vice versa. You know, where it can be hard is when it's one-sided, when one person feels like they're the only ones that are, you know, looking to the other person's needs, so. And I think that happens a lot. Like, even though the other person probably is trying, but especially like for us, <clears throat> our personalities are completely opposite. Our love languages are completely opposite. So I'm not naturally good at words of affirmation or good at all that, like the physical touch and all that stuff, because that's just not what I need. I don't need any of that. I could go without it for probably days or months, I don't know, whatever. But but for me, him taking out the trash, because I'm an acts of service person, is saying volumes more than saying, oh, you're so pretty, you know? And, and that's, it's hard to think about it that way because for him, him telling me all the things about that he thinks I want to hear is him filling me up because that's what he gets filled up. He gets filled up by 
words of affirmation and stuff. And so, and uh, vice versa, you know? And so for me, I do things. I'm a, I'm a server, I'm a giver, I'm a doer. And I forget about the other parts that probably will fill him up more. Yeah, we'll probably have to put a link to The Five Love Languages because it's been a really great book. Or even, you know, you read the book once, you get the concept. The concept of everyone has love languages. Everybody, everybody has um, something that fills them up, fills up their love tank, I think is how he says it. And it's usually, it's usually not the same. You marry somebody different than you usually. And so it's usually not the same. And it, that's where tension comes in in the marriage if you don't know that what you're doing is not fulfilling or filling up that other person's. It can be very frustrating to do something, to do what you feel should be shown at showing love to the other person and to them not feel loved and not, recipro not, not reciprocate. It can be very frustrating. And so it's the realization that their language is different than yours. You speak their language, they speak your language, you know, yay. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever be selfish in a way because we all have needs that need to be met and we need to fill our tanks in order to give. That's true. But I think in a world, uh, especially for women, the self-love, self-culture of it's about me and I need to do everything for me to be happy, that's where it's gotten wrong. Like we've gone wrong in that way. No, we fill ourselves up so we can serve others. I mean, Jesus came to serve. He came to serve the world and to help other people. He was never about himself, but he did go get alone. He got alone and he prayed and he took a lot of time doing that. So he showed us that it's almost like that path. It's the, we do need our alone time. We need that time to refuel, but it's not for self selfish purposes. It's really to be able to give and to serve. Yeah. And I think it goes in cycles and it goes in cycles and over a marriage too. So there's going to be times where it's really easy to be in sync and to be uh, speaking their language and to be, to be um, focused on the other person. And then a different cycle might be one person is doing all the work. And then a different cycle might be the other person. And so just realizing that it's always going to be, it's always going to be work, which I guess will lead into my last one. Is it my turn now? Sure, we can yeah. do three, number three for you. Yeah, well, this was number two, but you know. I messed it up. <laughs> Our orders. Go figure. It doesn't matter. It's all good. So, but yeah, my next one is that marriages are always going to be work. And you have to just know that. Like, if you just think in your dating time when everybody's on their best behavior and it feels like everything's so smooth and we're soulmates and it's just meant to be, and it's never going to be hard. It's going to be hard at times. And, at times? Like well, every day? several times. Several, <laughs> several times. times a day? <laughs> I don't mean several times a day. I, mean, I do. It's so, hard. Marriage is hard, and you have to know that. But it's worth it. It's, it's going to take work at all times. Sometimes it's really easy work. Sometimes things are smooth sailing especially early in, like I said, early in the relationship when everybody's on their best behavior. Well, or when you remember that I'm always right. Sure. <laughs> or when you, everything's about me. Yeah. Then it's easy. Right. <laughs> that kind of just changes the, my one I just said, but. That was sarcasm though, right? <laughs> Maybe. A little bit. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if sarcasm comes across in podcasts, but yes. So 
it's going to take work and there's going to be times where it's more work. Um, there's going to be times where you don't really like each other, but you still love each other. And so that's the whole concept that love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is a choice that you choose to be loving or you choose to continue to love that person even though you don't really like them at that moment. You're going to have those phases. It's okay to love but not really like the person. You know, it's the same thing in society. There's people that I don't particularly like, but I should still be showing them love. I should still be loving towards them. Um, so that's my third in whatever order is that marriage is going to take work. It's always going to be work, but the work is worth it. Yeah. Well, and I think the work is uh, sometimes in seasons because we've gone through so many hard times as well. Um, we've gone through financial hard times. We've gone through job layoffs. We've gone through having three kids, having busy schedules, all the things, um, you know, and that takes work too, to get through those seasons. Sometimes it would be easier just to call it quits or, you know, just be done with it all. But working through those seasons is also a part of it, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't really understand people that just decide to call it quits when it gets hard because I think deep down you need to know that the grass isn't greener on either side. Your next relationship, if you decided to call it quits, is not just going to just be easy either. And so you just quit something that you invested time and energy into something. I don't under, I don't understand people that just quit on their marriages. But for different yeah, for just for just like because that. it's there's, hard. There's a lot of other reasons. There are reasons. But... There are reasons, but... But if it's hard... Just because it got hard, well, everybody's marriage gets hard. So that is something that I would never want to start over with somebody to break in somebody new, right? You wouldn't want to... I already break told in. him he doesn't have to worry about me marrying anyone else because it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah. If he left us early, like, he won't. But, you know, if for some reason he passed away early, I don't think I would ever date again. <laughs> it's too much work. Yeah, it's work. But, I mean... And Gabe's right, it is cycles. Like, we had a cycle where um, I wasn't really happy with the marriage, to be honest. Um, we had had been through some financial hard times, like Gabe was mentioning. But also, we had been through some, like, we, we didn't even have time for each other. I was, we were in the same house, but we were basically roommates. We were in the same house. You know, I was, I was by her, but felt lonely all the time. And that's just my, that was my side of that. And she probably had her own, you know, feelings during that time. Um, and that was a very hard time. I never thought about quitting, but I was just like, is this what our marriage and our life is like for the rest of the time? And, you know, just to talk about that a little bit is, I don't know if this is the direction we were going to go, but it's coming out now, is that I didn't, I could have said, these are the things that she needs to change and then that will make it better, our marriage better. I could have focused on her side of it. Not saying that it was all her, I'm just saying like that Not those perfect. are the, those are the things that I saw, right? But instead, and maybe this was God, you know, working on me, but instead I was led to a path where I would focus on the things that I need to change. Because guess what? You have things too. Everybody has their part that they, that they play in this and they have to change. So 
another thing that, you know, just kind of, maybe it was a God thing. I wouldn't even say maybe. I know it was a God thing is when we got engaged, we were gifted a certificate to go to a weekend to remember marriage conference. Now we decided not to go to it when we were engaged. We decided to wait until after we were married. And that was a great decision, obviously, to um, wait, in my opinion. Well, it's kind of like, sorry to interrupt you, but You're it's kind of like, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I interrupt a lot. But it is, it's kind of like when you have uh, marriage counseling and it's always before you're married when you're in like your honeymoon stage and nothing's wrong anyway. Well, I think they have it wrong because we should get married and then have counseling. <laughs> so I think that's kind of what the weekend to remember would be like. I think so. I mean, there was a special homework assignment one of the nights. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you're listening to this on audio, you should just that. smack me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so w when we went early in our marriage, it was definitely within our first year. Um, it was great and, and things were good. And I decided to buy a CD set of the conference. It wasn't actually that conference, but it was all the different topics by different speakers. And just had it. And then during this rough patch, I decided that I was going to listen to those CDs, not to find things that she needed to do, but listen to it solely for the things that I needed to change. And I don't, I'm not saying that was the miracle thing, but it definitely contributed to us getting out of that. It was the start of the work to get out of that. And I'll say that is that, that I think maybe not saved, but bettered our marriage. But I know that me loaning out that CD set to two different people in particular has saved their marriages. So, you know, there's something to be, and, and I gave them the same instructions. Don't focus on your wife, focus on what you can change. And that part saved their marriages, not necessarily the CDs, but the concept of these are things that you need to work on. And I think that's hard because sometimes you like read books and they're, you know, your personal development books or whatever. And you're like, oh, my husband needs to read this. And then you like set that over by, here's a hint, I need you to read this, you know, or whatever. That doesn't ever work. It really is like you need to focus in on what you can control and change yourself. And then in the in that time, they'll see what you're doing and hopefully catch on and catch fire to what you're doing. And I don't know what, I don't remember what season you're talking about, but I do remember the season where I felt like I was a single mom because you were gone like 11 weeks of the summer. And that was probably my hardest patch because he'd come home on the weekend and expect things to be the way it was. Well, I've gotten this new routine. I don't, was that the same season? No, no it wasn't the same season, but I, we would be in this different routine with the kids and stuff. And then he'd come in and it was like, it was so hard because then he'd want it to go back to the way it was, but then he'd leave again and I'd have to go back to, you know, our new routine. So I think that was one of the hardest seasons for me. And I realized that I'm very thankful that he doesn't travel like he did in that, in that summer. Yeah. I mean, that was tough too. And, the tough part is we had a hard time understanding why it was tough for the other person until we got out of it and we were able to communicate it. But, you know, she mentioned that it was tough for her because she felt like a single mom and I was on the road. I was extremely lonely. Yes, I'm a little bit more of the sappy or the emotional person or whatever. And so for me, like, it wasn't a fun vacation to be on the road traveling for work. It was you know, it was hard for me to be alone in a hotel rooms, eating alone every, every day, things like that. And so for me, it was really hard because I was lonely and I would get these 36 hour turnovers on weekends and then, yeah, not feel connected in those 36 right. hours even and vice versa. She's like, 
I'm alone in this. I'm doing everything on my own because yeah. I mean, because she had to. I wasn't. No, was I wasn't working. happy about that either. The kids had activities. I yeah. mean, there was so much. It was like I never got to think about him being gone because I was so busy trying to get them from yeah. here to there and homeschool and do all the things. So he was not busy. I mean, he was busy when he was working and stuff, but it was like he had all this downtime in a way to be lonely. And I couldn't even really think about him because I was so busy. Right. And so that's, I mean, I think that's hard for a lot of marriages is finding out how to put into words or how to communicate to that other person what you're feeling. Because in that season, we didn't do that well where you would tell me how you're feeling. I would tell you what I'm feeling. And so we didn't really understand each other until we were out of it. So. Thankfully, we got out of it. Yeah. Seasons change. That's the thing that we have to remember. It takes work, but seasons do change. And as long as we're willing to grow and change together, then it can be okay. And it, it might not look exactly like it did on day one of marriage, but it can still be just as good or better because now you're understanding someone better, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, anything your, else? No, that's good. What's your number three? Okay, my number three. And this is what we're going to end on. <laughs> Maybe. And it's essentially that I don't know anything. <laughs> I really don't. It's like we can tell you all the advice that we have and uh, talk about all the things we've learned. But I've learned that I don't really know anything yet. I think we're still growing and changing. I don't think we're ever going to arrive or ever really know the other un or understand the other person. Um, but I think it's a fun journey to try and learn and understand and um so i've learned because i like like i said i like to be right i'm always right i have to win the games like i'm comp that was probably bad too because i'm competitive so we would play games like rummy and <laughs> this was in the beginning of our marriage and i would lose and i'm like we gotta play again we gotta play again and we kept playing until i won yeah so. play until you won and i'd be like <laughs> this is getting old so I, he would win 10 times and i'd win once and i'd be like yes i won <laughs> it's a lose suit lose situation for me right because <laughs> If I lose on purpose, she's going to get mad at me for losing on purpose, for mm -hmm. holding back. So, But it's things like that, little quirks that we have to learn. Now we learn, I've gotten better, as long as you don't make me play Monopoly. I'm good. But, <laughs> but those kinds of things, like, you just, you never really arrive. And uh, it's always a growth and a learning. You're always learning and and having to be willing to be humble to say that you don't know everything. And actually 2020 really taught me that I really don't know a lot. And uh, a lot of what I thought changed, a lot of the ideas I had changed. And so it is, it's, it's us being open-minded to uh, changing what we think sometimes or being open to the other person's ideas or being willing to say, I'm wrong. I don't like doing that or apologizing, you know, it's yeah. and doing, and that part is probably the part that, is he, one of the biggest things in marriage is to be able to admit those things. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's all true. See, he doesn't even have anything. I just, I nailed it. He doesn't have anything else to say. Yeah, I thought of, I thought of a, bo <laughs> a bonus a bonus tip. I don't know if, if you're going to be mad that you don't get the last word. Oh, you, I'll you get might it. Have to, you might have to figure out a way to have I finish word. this. I do the outro. Yeah. <laughs> but a bonus tip is something that I've realized... And something you said uh, just a little bit ago kind of sparked it for me is, did you know that it's possible to agree with your spouse and still fight about that thing? 
Yeah, I mean, there's time. This is this crazy. Is like communication is not oh. just about saying the words, but like we could be saying the same thing just different ways. We could be agreeing with each other. I um, why are we fighting? I I agree with you. So that's a, a kind of a funny little anomaly that you'll find is you agree with the other person, but you're still fighting about that thing. It's crazy. No, well, you know, there's just a lot to learn, and sometimes think, people just like to fight. No, I might. I might like to fight sometimes. I'm kind of, I don't like, I don't like confrontation or so I say, but with him, I kind of like pushing it and like seeing how much I can get away with, I think sometimes. And probably because you're the one I'm most comfortable with, you know? Yeah. It's good that you're comfortable with me. Not good that I fight with him though. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not always like, it's not always the wife that likes to fight and the man that doesn't or whatever but like whatever the arrangement is the one person likes to kind of push the envelope and the other person doesn't really want to be a doormat and so then they kind of push back and so yeah that's a dynamic that's a real thing yeah yeah so i don't know i think that's probably good wrapping it up like that well let's hold on before you do that so the whole doormat thing so she married me because I was so patient, right? You've said that many times, like, why aren't you patient like you were before? <laughs> I I pushed his buttons too many times. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm getting at is like, you know, she liked that quality of me of patience, but you know, down the road, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be walked on for my entire life. So I don't I, walk on him all the time. I know, I'm not saying Granted, you do. I'm, I'm just, just saying that was, that's what goes on in my head. <laughs> And so then when I start pushing back because I don't want to set the precedence of, you know, being a doormat, then it startled her that I wasn't as patient as she maybe thought. Well, maybe. Or we're both just really stubborn, so. Yes. And you didn't show me your stubbornness before we got married. Mm. That could be. We do hide things from each other. Or you, you hide things before you get married, I think, so. But it's true. I think that's part of it is just not trying to change the other person. And we talked about that a little bit, but it's because you may not like who that person becomes if you try to change them and you force it. It's probably better for God to change the person or to ask God to change your heart. And I had, you know, and that's part, actually when we went through rough patches, when I felt like it was a rough patch, I actually started writing gratitudes. Like I would talk, I wrote down things that I liked about him, even when I was like, I can't stand this man and I don't know why we're together and so I would come up with something every day whether we had a good day or not and it helped me change my mindset about who he was and why he was in my life and I think that actually was a huge marriage saver for me yeah so there you have it we gave you probably a few more than three things each um but I think the biggest thing the biggest takeaway is to make sure that you put Christ first in all that you do and be willing to say you're sorry, I guess. And and I mean, all the things, everything, all of it, just listen to it again and again, if you need to. But, um, and again, I don't know, we don't really know everything. We're not marriage counselors. We're not anything. We're just two people who God put together and, um, we're learning and growing every day. That's so, yeah. So that was my special guest. Thanks for coming to hang out with us, Josh. I think this will be fun. I'm hoping it turns out good. Yeah, I think it did. It'll be fine. I also want to let you know that Thursday, for the Thursday tidbits, I have my friend Michelle on, and she's talking about some more marriage tips. 
And I think uh, as some of us have gotten to be more working at home and we're uh, with our spouses a little bit more often, sometimes it, we have our own little qualms and things that we have to work through. So Thursday, we are going to be talking about how to get along with your husband uh, throughout being together more often and how to really work together and to really grow together. So look forward to that. It's our Thursday tidbit and the Thursday tidbits are all about uh, helping you live intentionally in all areas of your life. So with that, uh, we're going to sign off. I pray that you just run your race and I believe in you. I'm nervous because the host is really beautiful. Oh, you're annoying. <laughs> Should have a booper section at the end. Of all the all these... annoying things you say. <laughs> I'm not annoying. <laughs> I'm adorable. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.